Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Well, happy Tuesday, August 23, 2022. Welcome to the broadcast. It is 11.02 a.m. on the Pacific North, Great Pacific Northwest coast of Oregon. We're happy to come to you from a fairly liberal state, but we're bringing you lots of conservative news and commentary and patriot uh, information we're going to have fun with greg phillips it will be the first time he's been on elijah streams hopefully there will be many more of those but uh he's really uh, one of the heroes of mine that he probably didn't know until today and so without further delay let's bring in uh, greg phillips with prophets and patriots here we go well good morning greg it's good to talk to you we've just uh, met in person if you will for the first time a few minutes ago uh Welcome to Elijah Streams. We're very, very honored to have you with us. Steve, thank you so much. Uh, look forward to being on your show uh, ever since uh, they first reached out to me and uh, really excited about it. I'm, I'm where I usually am in my car and traveling around. <laughs> and, well, you uh, know, and as I told you, uh, as you came on just a few minutes ago, I said you didn't probably didn't know, but you've been a hero of mine as, as along with Catherine Engelbrecht. Uh, you guys did True the Vote. You guys were very involved in the show 2000 Mules, which we all, I think probably every one of our viewers, because we promoted the heck out of that movie. Um, that was an amazing thing. I'll maybe ask you a few questions about that, but sure. maybe before we get into, because you're going to give us a report on what happened this weekend and what you revealed and are revealing to the public It's as you're rolling that out. But um, maybe tell the people uh, kind of your own bio. So in your own words, what so they kind of know where you're coming from and what you're doing these days. Well, I grew up. My dad was uh, my dad was in service to the country for uh, for most of my years growing up, and uh, ended up landing in uh, Montgomery, Alabama, and spent most of my uh, early years there. Went to the university and um, and ended up in politics. There was a, a guy who ended up being a little bit famous. Uh, Perry Hooper was chief justice of the Alabama Supreme Court. Oh, wow. And, um, and, uh, he got me into it and, uh, got me my first job, uh, helping, uh, Emory Fulmer, who was running for governor in Alabama in 1982 against George Wallace in his last go oh, wow. running for governor. And so my job, uh, was to do some opposition research, uh, on governor Wallace and some of the other things that, um, that, uh, as a young guy, I just had some, I was proximate to some of it. And from there, um, I've been uh, in and out of uh, U.S. politics and international politics. Uh, we, these days, we call election intelligence, um, but uh, gathering information, um, uh, exploiting uh, you know, what we learn, analyzing it, and then disseminating information, um, everything from uh, that, that first campaign. I've actually worked uh, for state parties. I ran the state party in Mississippi for a while, ran the governor's oh. campaign over there for, for a bit, and and um and have just been around been, been around a lot of blocks ended up uh, doing newt's uh newt gingrich's super PAC in 2012 and um and uh catherine and i met um because we both had been targeted by the irs me not in any way like she had been but uh we were trying to compare notes of those that were targeting us by looking at their you know, their ip addresses to see if we could find was it the same people targeting us and that's how we met uh today we own a technology company together she of course went on to to uh sue the irs and everybody else in government and beat them and and um 
as uh, you know, speaking of heroes, she is a hero of mine. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm super lucky. I get to um, uh, work next, next, standing next to my hero um, every single day, and and it's uh, it's just a, it's a real blessing for me. And and she's well, she's something important you, to this country. You guys are blowing the lid off of so much, and I know Dinesh D'Souza and others are doing that, but you know, without your technologies and and, and what you're uncovering. I'm going to ask you a question, uh, but be- well, let me ask you this question first, and before we get into the- so you had a famous tweet way back in 2016 that President Trump picked up, uh, and this is basically what it said: "It says we have verified more than three million votes cast by non-citizens. We are joining at True the Vote." So this is what is that what Trump said when he is that his tweet? No, that was my tweet, and okay. then and then after that. Um- uh, it, long story, but uh, my 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 tweet made its way to the White House, and wow. somebody told told Trump, or just I guess it was just before they were in the White House. Trump went on uh, Fox or somewhere and said, "Hey, um, you know, I think there was three to five non million non citizen voters," um, and I mean it just lit the whole world on fire. <laughs> it didn't it didn't take it didn't take long for the media to figure out that it was my original tweet, um, and uh, I made the I made a mistake. I would never advise my clients or any other any other nation state or anyone else to do, and that was to go on CNN. So I made the mistake oh, okay. to go defend myself by going on to CNN. And uh, <laughs> Cuomo and I kind of got into a little little back and forth. And and you know his point was, well, if you don't, if I, he was asking me, we need the data, and if you can't give me the data, you're a liar. And my point was simply, well. Just because you don't have the data doesn't mean I'm a liar. It just means you don't have the data. I remember and, that. I remember seeing that clip. I don't know if, they, if you played it or what, but I saw that clip. Well, it was a it was a you know a faithful moment for me. Just just because um, people, I mean, came out of the woodwork and you know went to fight and and you know I was I was early in the cancellation world and Twitter and everybody else got me canceled and you know is what it is. But but uh, you know that really put in place a a you know a deep understanding you know with my my team and my analysts that that the data we had and the data that we have today uh is something different we 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 do it a little bit differently and whether it's geodata or open source intelligence or or uh signal intelligence or other types of data that we gather we really are different and um, having the opportunity to partner with Catherine in, in 2020 and and really dig into really what happened in the aftermath, which, of course, most meant much of that ended up being the movie. Uh, um, and I, I tell you, Steve, it, it has been a and it's been a heck of a ride. I mean, yeah, ab- it sounds ab- like ab- absolute. Well, I yes. wasn't at your event. I heard somebody uh, uh, that went, and I thought, oh, man, I wish I'd gotten an invitation because it was by invitation only this weekend, and I probably would have figured out a way to go. But but anyway, it was an amazing event. Do you feel like talking for a few minutes about – because you're, you're not only a patriot, but you're a born-again, born-and-bred lover of Jesus. I've, talk, I've seen that in you. I've seen you do it online openly. You put scriptures on all the time. and go, man, this guy's not hiding anything, you know. So uh, what, do you feel like talking about that for a minute, about that aspect of this weekend? Yeah, sure. Um, my, my uh, I guess, first real experience in, 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 you know, the need for Christ in my life and the, the 
kind of an understanding of it uh, came. Unfortunately, I had a I was dating a girl in in high school and then college. She was killed in a car wreck. Oh and it, man! And it left me with this giant void, and and I didn't know how to fill the void. And and um and a, a friend in in um in Alabama where I grew up came to me and and uh, sort of introduced not introduced me but reintroduced me to Christ. And and it was an important part of my life, but I don't think it ever really, um, I, I I ever really completely and fully embraced it until 2019. I was diagnosed with cancer. Oh wow! Um, and um, and rather than go a sort of a traditional route, I decided I was just going to take off and go walk the Camino de Santiago in Spain. I have no idea why I decided to do it. It was just a calling that I had. God put it on my heart. And so I went and uh, walked 500 miles, was sick, sick as I could be, and and um, and had some just incredible experiences, not only being approached by Satan, but also being protected in that, not just a hedge of protection, but a wall of protection around Goodness. me and God. And, and he protected me and he, he, he carried me all the way through this thing. And and um and I made it and I came back and I've been, I've been a different person ever since. I mean I think wow. folks that know me would say that that's true. I, I I I not just read the Bible but I study the Bible and I understand it. But one of the biggest things that I learned then is a message that I try to share with every single person that I know uh, in my life. And that was when I was on the Camino, the it. it I didn't go to pray. I didn't go to say, God, heal me. You know, I didn't, I didn't go to ask him, but I also didn't know why I went. And uh, it didn't take me long to figure out there were all these signs that I needed to be listening. You know, I, I got, I got a little confused, got lost one time. And it, it's not, it's not hard to stay on the trail, but somehow I figured it out, got off the trail, but was brought back to it by all sorts of sounds. There were bells around the horses and really? bells around the sheep and bells in the mountains. And, 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 it, and it's almost like a calling, Steve. I mean, you can, yeah. you can feel, you can feel it. And, and I did, I felt it. And, I made it partway or most of the halfway through and was on a, a very hot sort of open part, no trees, no nothing. It's called the Mestizo and it's uh, kind of the open plains of, of the Camino. And I was almost out of water. It was um, midday. I still had another seven or eight miles to walk. And all I could think of, my back was hurting and all I could think, it was really my kidneys, but I didn't know that. And all I could think of the devil's, you know, right behind me saying, dude, lighten your pack, man. Lighten, lighten the weight on your pack. So, the, so I, you know, I reach in my back and I mean, sort of delirious or whatever and poured the last, uh, the last, uh, uh, two liter bottle of water that I had out on the ground. Oh, wow. Spent the next seven or eight hours, barely making it. I had, I had, um, I, I, I didn't make it. Christ, Christ brought me to this place, <laughs> dropped me off on this, this porch of this lady who uh, literally brought me in and brought me back. I mean, she walked four miles to get a doctor. They, they somehow found a way to get an IV in me and sort of brought me back. I ended up finishing it. Um, but, and I knew for those next couple of weeks that something was different, right? Something, some, I knew something was different. I was hearing things differently. Amazing. I was understanding things differently. And on, on a few weeks before, a week or so before I finished, I was walking on this mountain trail about maybe five or six feet wide. And I left early that morning. So it was still dark. It was in the clouds, in the fog, kind of a rainy experience. I couldn't see more than a few feet in front of me. And out of the blue, my light went out. 
So, you know, the devil reappears and my light goes out, my headlamp goes out. I couldn't see, I couldn't see anything. And so I stopped. I'm like, okay, so what am I going to do? I turn around and go back. Well, that seemed just about as dangerous as, as going forward. And, you know, at least I feel like I'm going uphill, maybe instead of downhill. And, uh, and so I just paused and I just asked the Lord, what do I do? And as clear as your voice, just walk. Really? And I, and I walked to the top of the hill and I made it. I saw I have a picture of me that I took of myself, a selfie. When I got to the top of the hill, it was still dark. It was still kind of foggy. I'll send it to you when we're done. But, um, and, and, uh, it was sort of a, a final moment, a final, um, understanding for me that it was, I, I'd spent my whole life asking for things. God, why, why this, why that? Can you help me with this? Help me with that. And what I really needed to be doing was listening because he's there. You yeah. just have to, you just have to open up and listen. And, and it changed my life. It changed my life forever. And, and, uh, That's every, amazing. and while I still falter and I still, you know, you guys see me occasionally, I still get, you know, I'm a little, little feisty occasionally. I still say, <laughs> say and do things I shouldn't on, on truth and other don't places. We all. Yeah. Don't we all? Um, you know, it's, um, I, I more so than ever in my life, I also am quick, you may have noticed, to apologize. If I do something that I shouldn't do, you know, uh, and, and, and part of that is because generally I sit back and I listen and I listen to, you know, a message coming down saying, no, that's not okay. You can't do that. You got to go apologize. That's amazing. And, and, but anyway, I know that's not, not what you had me here for. But, well, no, but, but that, I mean, it was that, wonderful. That, that's, that's, you know, that could have been our whole message, and it would have been worth every minute of this because, <laughs> you know, you've been through it. You've been to the dark side. And then it's amazing how God, God you know, I'm thinking of it. I have this picture in my head of this long bearded Forrest Gump walking this, you know, <laughs> he just walked for miles and miles, you know, and it's almost like, were you, was your beard even longer when you did that or what? You know, it, it is. And it was, uh, after I came back and I ended up going through all the cancer treatments and doing all the radiation and, and all the drugs and the surgeries and all of that kind of stuff and couldn't, couldn't kick it. Um, but my beard is now a different sort of almost it's, a texture and you can still see it, but I'll, I'll send you a picture of that too. And, and it was, um, it was more wild, let's say, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's pretty much wild right now, but it was more <laughs> wild then. Wow. Um, but it was, it, it was the single most amazing experience of my life. And, and, uh, yeah. I called, I called my, uh, um, Catherine, I own a technology company together. And so I called my team later that day and, and just shared, you know, my, my witness to them that, look, this is, you know, stop asking folks. I mean, it's okay to ask, but you, but you have to stop and listen. You can't, you can't just be that guy. That's that, such a good word. That's you know, such a that, good word. You know, if all we do is take, 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 I'm not, I'm not so sure that's what yeah, I mean, a lot of it's been a message for us. A lot of us spend a significant part of our life telling God, can you help me here? Asking God for this because we figured that was prayer. So prayer was asking for what you need. And then, you know, and then it was pretty late in life where you realize, okay, we're actually supposed to listen. You know, so of course, uh, my my only book that I've written, it's technically a bestseller because it's got 20,000 copies or something like wow. that. But it's, uh, it's called Can't You Talk Louder, God? The whole idea is that, that we think God's not talking loud enough. So we'll say, can you speak up? You know, in reality, 
he's talking all the time, but we're not listening. You know, he's that's exactly whole right. We're talking, so that's that's the whole concept of that book. So, but he well, carried listen. me all. He carried me all the way through it. I came back a better person. I went ahead and and um, and and fought the cancer. Listened all the way through. I I, I have a a prayer that that um that I said every day I laid down on that radiation table and, and just pray. It only takes a few minutes when you get radiation treatments. And, and, um, and uh, I just sat there and just prayed this one prayer every single day. And then I would stop. I didn't pray all the way through it. I would just stop and just listen. And then, and, you know, before I know it, it was over. And, and so, and that didn't quite heal me. So I had another, I think what all that was preparing me for personally was two things. The first one was, when the 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 cancer didn't quite go away it didn't it didn't heal itself um and and uh a doctor friend of mine not my treating doctor and in fact not even a doctor in this this space that i was in um not an oncologist said look i've been reading a lot about your situation and there's this this finbendazole this it's sold as a dog dewormer i know you really? think it's crazy but i i and he bought it for me he handed it he handed me three boxes of this stuff and um and I I was a little bit not despondent, but I'm like, okay, I got a problem now, right? I mean, I, I didn't I didn't take a traditional path, but when I came back, I did. It still didn't go away. What am I gonna do? And and so I started cycling this uh finbendazole. It's just a like a powder. I also did uh, I also cut sugar out of my diet. I started doing um intermittent fasting. Um I started taking zinc and vitamin c and that was mainly my greg's Greg's version of the protocol um (laughs) now i'll also say for anyone listening i didn't really research that this just what my doctor said you should do or a friend said you should do this so i did it because i didn't feel like i had any other choice but 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 what the important part for me was i went home that night and i listened and because i was praying every single day um, it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a stretch for me to get on my knees and say, God, what do I do here? And he's, you know, jump in. And, uh, and I did. And, and, um, about three months later, I went in, my doctors meet in, uh, like a team. Uh, so you have your main doctor and your oncologist and, and your surgeon and the radiologist and the head nurse. And they meet, they, they meet in a team to make your treatment plan. I had never seen them all in one place at one time, but that's how it went. I walked into this room and all five of them were in there at the same time. And I'm like, okay, I, I just tell me what to, I, I don't know why you're all here, but this yeah. is good. Is this, a, is this an yeah, intervention this is or what? You know? <laughs> yeah, this is bad. So just tell me what to do. I didn't even sit down. I said, just tell me what to do. And my main doctor stood up and, and walked over to me and just, you know, tears in his eyes or whatever and said, and it, it makes me tear up a little bit now. He said, um, he said, I don't know how to tell you this. This has never happened to us before, uh, just like this, but you have no evidence of disease. This was just a few months <laughs> after biopsies and scans and everything said, you know, it's back and you're in trouble. And, and, and just two and a half months later, there's no evidence. How could it be, even be? And I said, well, I, I, I don't even know what I said at first. I think I ended up saying something ridiculous, like, well, what do I do? <laughs> and he said, well, just, just you know, do, do your blood test once a quarter and come back in next year and we'll take a look. And, um, and, and I don't think any of that would have happened had I not listened. No. That, was, that was in August of 2020. 
I think I lose track of my years, but, but uh, then we went through all, oh, no, I'm sorry. That was in August of 2021. So I went through all of that all during, during the election, during the really? pandemic, during uh, everything I was going through. And then, um, and then um, Catherine and I, she had a call her own calling to get back in after the whole IRS lawsuit for eight years, it nearly bankrupted her. It cost her. I can't, I, it just hurt, hurts my, hurts my heart for her and everything that that whole lawsuit cost her. Um, and, um, but she stuck with it and, and it, for, for the good of the country. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com and click the donate today button. Uh, and she said, well, I'm, I'm done now that it's over. I'm done. Well, I think God had a, another plan called her. Hey, you got to get back into it during 2020. So she did back into and, basically election intelligence. Yes. For, for election integrity. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and so she did. And, and um, we, we were in it together and kind of fighting through it. And um, we ended up um, uh, with all of this research about a year ago, a year ago, gosh, about a year ago, um, we we had all the stuff. We had taken it to law enforcement. We had taken it to governors. We had taken it to states. We had seen Ron DeSantis in Florida. We had been to Kemp's people in Georgia. We were trying to take this. We had been in Arizona. We had been to the FBI. Everywhere, we couldn't get anybody to let. And if you can't, in the research world and in our world, the intelligence world, if you can't create actionable intelligence, meaning meaning somebody can do something with it, then, then really, as a as a team, I sort of looked at it as a failure, and and we were we were really struggling with what to do, and uh, out of the blue, Catherine picks up the phone and calls Debbie D'Souza, an uh, old friend of hers from back in the day, and said, "Hey, Debbie, we've got an amazing story to tell you." And went over, we sat down with them, and and uh, and put put a, the initial stuff up on their television for them to see. And uh, from then on, it was it was the movie. And next thing we know, we're we're shooting the thing, and we're at Mar-a-Lago, and Trump's rolling it out, and and of course <laughs> that everything silly. that's ha- everything that's happened since then. Um, yeah, and haven't you guys and, had like twenty five million views of that or something? I heard. Yeah, it's really really crazy. I mean, I think I think amount. I think we were all maybe expecting if we got two million, that would be that would be yeah. great. We we will have done well and. And uh, everybody, you know, everybody would be happy. Well, because every view, every view would, there could be three or four people watching that same stream or that same yeah. movie. If that's the way, if that's the way you're calculating it, I don't know. Yeah. And I, and we, look at, we, we now look back at this and it's changed everywhere. And, it, and I think, I think in my, in my quiet moments, when I, when I do have an opportunity to really think about this, and this has gone all over the world, Steve. Um, they're translating into Italian. Really? We've talked to the people in Italy. We've talked to people in the Netherlands. They previewed it at the EU. They're they're um, they're translated into Spanish in Spain, and and it's really all over the world. That's incredible. And so and so the when I when I do have time to stop and think for a while and 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 pray about it, I believe that it wasn't necessarily about the movie. It was. It was after two years of lockdowns, two years of, of vaccines and and two years of, of 
all manner of things, including our country being destroyed, the mm-hmm. world's going into into famine. I mean, we're. I mean, there are things that are happening that are so almost biblical in nature. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's hard to really now look back and say, okay, well, it was about the movie and we impacted that. It's much easier to, and I think more more accurate to look at it and say, this was sort of that proverbial straw that broke that camel's back because it came at a time where people said, well, what in the world? Okay, so they told us all this time that 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 the elect that it wasn't stolen that we had you know we were all crazy you know forget forget what you're thinking you know all these people are just conspiracy theorists and so so on and so forth and you know people are dying from the shot and i i just think it was the 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 last blow to to a to a free people whose freedom is being stolen and and one thing we, we all know is it's an immutable truth that the human heart longs to be free yeah and you can't so you can't take freedom from a free people and expect them not to fight back and you know maybe the people in china that you know have been oppressed for all these years have never lived free uh maybe but look at what happened to the the free people in hong kong they were free and they stole it from them and and now those people are being murdered and and sent off to prison camps and everything else and you cannot do that to a free people and i just believe that the movie was the last blow to to a a free people psyche and well, i think we all brains. knew that it was stolen i could say that at least i felt like i knew it was stolen but i i couldn't every time you hear the the secular media or whatever the, the mainstream media they would say this is the most secure election. You know the drill. You've seen it, and I'm going. But how will we ever prove it if they have the media and we and and they won't listen to our proof? So, I mean, when that finally went public, for lack of a better word, when that finally went viral, and we're all watching this movie for the first time, it was like a sense of hope. Like finally, they have to listen to us now because it's everywhere. Now you're now you're reporting that they're translating it that's amazing let me ask you about this next thing then what on this weekend you were unveiling something new and i i don't even know what you term it greg so maybe talk about that for a few minutes what is it that you unveiled we named we named the event after the pit um okay. uh, some of the pits of the bible where where you know evil was being shoved back into the pit and okay. and um and there was there was some you know, Catherine's a master at naming things. Oh, good. And, and I like that. And so we talked about how what we're going to do, what we're going to name it. She's like, "Oh, I know what we're going to name it. We're going to call <laughs> it the Pit." I'm like, "The Pit? Okay, well, that sounds cool. But what's the deal?" And she starts shipping around the couple of Bible verses that 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 specifically mention the Pit. I'm like, "Wow. Okay, I'm with you on that. Okay, that's great. And what are we going to do?" And and so for us, the the Pit was a. It started out to be a group of thirty or forty people. Um, ended up being closer to 190, um, packed into an old cotton gin in, in um, uh, North Pinal County in Arizona, about 25, 30 minutes from uh, Scottsdale. And we brought everybody together. And the first, we broke it into thirds, so three acts. Um, and the first part was really, you know, kind of the welcome. We had Carrie Lake um, uh, my friend Eli Crane, who's running for Congress, there um, was former Navy SEAL. Um, uh, the 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 really his um, 
it, it was Eli's ideas uh, from things he learned while he was a Navy SEAL fighting the bad guys in Iraq um, that really helped me frame how I was going to use the technology really? uh, and, and mainly turning evil for good. And that was kind of the theme. And Eli prayed with me every day while I was sick. Um, he's just, um, he's just an amazing person. He's a great dad. He's a great Christian, um, uh, just a faithful believer, uh, um, wow. a, a great husband, a good businessman, and just somebody that I have just enormous respect for. So we brought Eli in and he kind of set the stage for us to, to explain to everybody, look, this, this was long in the making. This wasn't just Greg and Catherine came up with this in December of 2020 or in January of 2021. Um, this was something that God had put on his heart to talk to me about um, going back um, uh, to those days when I was sick and while I was walking on my walk. And, and, uh, and he did pray for me every day. And when I fell and I, I wasn't doing the right thing and I wasn't towing the line. And, you know, I, I didn't give up on our friendship, but, but I wasn't being the friend I needed to be um, for a guy who had, you know, sacrificed so much to, to, for me and to pray for, for, for me and all that he had done for this country. But I tell you what, you do that to a Navy SEAL exactly one time. And (laughs) Eli picked up the phone and he called me one day and said, dude, we need to talk. You need to stop feeling sorry for yourself and you need to pick yourself up, dust yourself off. God's got this. Let's go. Man, wow. We're your friends. We love you. We care about you. And, um, and, and, and again, it, it goes, I mean, you know, you notice Steve, everything we've talked about here was about listening, right? Yeah. It and, is. Uh, and, and, and I listened and, uh, and I believe that, that, you know, God sent Eli to me to wake me up that day after everything we had all been through. Wow. So we had Eli and then Catherine and I got on the stage and we started trying to tie off on the, on the, um, all of the extra data and all of the extra um, video and all of the things that we have. Remember we did 18 months worth of video or worth of um, worth of uh, research and only a, you know, a small fraction of it got into uh, got into the movie. And so our idea was to create this thing that we ended up calling open open dot I N K. It was promptly taken back down by the bad guys. Um, Really already. Yep, I had 25,000 people sign up in a few minutes, which was amazing. Uh, but a few of the people that signed up weren't really good folks. And so they, they but it's all right. We're, we're hardening it. We're working on it. We'll get it out there. Um, and that was kind of the tie off on for us and all the mule stuff and all the things that, that mules brought to us. Um, and then what we went into was something that we're calling the Fusion Center. The Fusion Center is a, a concept that was developed Mostly after 9-11, it's a national security thing. It's a homeland security thing. Um, We've used it in disaster relief type things all around the world for many, many, many years that I've been involved in. And and the Fusion Center for Election Integrity is going to be different because what we're going to do, we're going to create open doors for anonymous researchers, researchers that are you know, maybe just want to come in and look at it a little bit, maybe grab a little bit of data, maybe use our tools, maybe teach us how to use their tools. Um, and we're pulling all of this together with a, the primary outcome that we want to learn. We want to exploit what we learn mm. and go out and what we learn in Detroit. Let's take that to Philadelphia. What we learn in Philadelphia, let's take it to Phoenix and, and let's exploit that. But the big, the big key is dissemination. 
if you can't create actionable intelligence that's capable of being disseminated, you run right into where Catherine and I were after we did all of the work in 2021. And all of a sudden, we've got all this stuff and nobody wants to talk to us. And if that's true, Fox won't talk to us, nobody will talk to us, what do you do? What we did was make a movie. And that was the way we disseminated it. But not every um, every path is going to lead toward a movie. Some might. We've got. I mentioned uh, Perry Hooper earlier. Uh, we've got a little mini movie we're doing on that and what happened to him. Um, so we, we're 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 learning new ways, old dogs, new tricks. We're yeah. learning how to disseminate this stuff. Going on to shows like yours. You know, how do we do this right? If the media is not going to cooperate, and we don't have you know, we don't have a lot of social media platforms anymore. What do we do? And that's the trick. That's where we are right now. And so we're super excited about that. We showed a lot of different technologies that we're going to be using to do analysis, that we're going to be using to um, help us disseminate the data, some artificial intelligence, how we're going to be looking at video, some other um, techniques and tools. Not that any one of them really meant a lot, but when it came right down to it, we believe that the most significant thing that Kat, this was Catherine, 100% Catherine's idea. She worked with Mark Lamb, a sheriff in Pinal County, where we ended up doing the event to create something called protectamerica.vote. I would encourage every single person, every single patriot on our team. I know it's everybody gets tired of getting things from people and you get tired of newsletters, you get tired of Patriot games, you get tired of these things, but protectamerica.vote has the greatest opportunity for success for this reason. Really? Sheriffs are the most powerful law enforcement um, entities in the United States. And while it's not perfect, there aren't some really great ones. There's 3,100 of them in the country and they by and large have the ability to, to um, when they find something out there that's wrong, um, they can investigate it and they can arrest people. And if you consider that then in the context of, of that dissemination idea, Stephen, how are we going to do this? Well, what better way to take a whole bundle of information, mix a bunch of, of geospatial data into it, bring in a bunch of video, and then hand that off in a big bucket to a sheriff somewhere and let him or her go, go, you know, go investigate. Oh, and there it is right there. Things. The- yeah, I signed up for that. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. really, yeah. it's really exciting, and and I just have enormous respect for Catherine and Mark and and uh, all of the other sheriffs. We've now hooked up with some other sheriffs um, that are constitutional sheriffs, and there are others that Catherine's bringing in. I think we're up to something like eight hundred sheriffs now. Really, and we're, we're, we have we have some pretty lofty goals. And don't they don't they have they don't they have the the power to arrest? Yes. Even high officials in yes. state levels. I don't know what I don't know what they can who they can arrest at what levels, but they're in charge of the counties, right? Most absolutely, absolutely. They are the chief law enforcement officer in those counties, and it is going. This is going to leave a mark. We are going to make a difference with this, and and so if you contemplate, go all the way back now to where we were back in 2021, and we're frustrated, and we're going from state to state, and governor to governor, and whatever. It just it, it for whatever reason it just never occurred to us. Just go to the sheriff. And, wow. and now that now that we've done that and this is all starting to come together, it's going to be interesting during 2022. It's going to be game changing in 2024. And so one of the things we're doing in the Fusion Center is we're going to bundle technologies and give grants 
to to um, some of these sheriffs that are in maybe small sheriff's departments that don't have a big budget, you know, they can't afford the really advanced surveillance technology or really advanced artificial intelligence or the geodata that we do and be able to bundle that up and give them to in, in give it to sheriffs in the form of grants. Wow. What a better way to execute a fusion center with a dissemination being the sheriffs themselves. My, I'm just, to me, it's just like, I mean, it's like a, it's like Christmas, you know, and, and what well, have there been out. funds have a lot of funds already come into that so that you can we, do these grants with. Yeah. Just in the first day, I think they raised a hundred thousand dollars in the first wow. day. Wow. And uh, and since then, I'll let Catherine, uh, yeah. if she's ever on your show, let her tell you a little bit about the details. Yeah. It's a true the boat that. project. We're just a contractor running the fusion center. But but uh, gosh, Steve, this is so exciting. It's such a great time to be here. So we went through all of that. And then the latter third of the day were several key things. We wanted to be able to 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 share with people what what we're starting to understand in terms of what's happening to the country, because it's bigger than just somebody's trying to cheat and elect Joe Biden, right? This started 70 years ago. The communists laid out a plan to come into the United States, to take over the Democrat party, to take over the media. And, and if you listen to people like Trevor Loudon and, and uh, Jeff Nyquist, which we had, we had with us at the pit, they make a very compelling story. And, and if you, contemplated in the context of the, the the communists and the Marxist divorce from God and the separation from all things spiritual. And now you think about what's happening to us and you think about how could it be? Well, the how is the infiltrators are coming without God. They're, they're not with God, right? And and we and everybody, I mean, there were jaws open. I mean, listening to Trevor, and you can see this up on um, up on Rumble now on RSBN's channel. Um, but listening to Trevor and listening to Jr. talk about this stuff was setting the stage for the final thing that we did in the last hour or so. One of the things that Catherine and I came up with um, in our research was Catherine had this idea that there's too much free and near free software out there and it's all being operated at the county levels and state levels by the bad guys it's not the good counties it's the bad counties and we're like what's going on so Catherine asked us if we would take a look at it we went through we went through and pulled out all there's something called vote shield um, that that supposedly some counties or some states use that none of the none of the states admit to using, and that was kind of weird. So we're like, okay, well that's that's odd. And then we started started coming across more and more and more, and started realizing that there was one particular company that was behind several of the softwares that were operating the elections. And when I say operating, I mean uh, ballot counting software. Um, um, administration software, meaning if you're a poll worker, they would register you in this system with your name, your social security number, your date of birth, your bank account, if you're getting paid, all of this information. And in just in the course of our normal business, um, uh, we use a product called Binary Edge. It's a, um, it's just a, it, it lets you take a URL and learn. If you if you took uh, ElijahList.com, it would mm -hmm. tell you what servers you guys operate from. It would tell you a little bit about those servers. It would it would give you a sense of where your your um, show is being broadcast from. And there would be all sorts of different things you can learn just by going to Binary Edge. 
But when you dig into binary edge, you learn and you get in a few layers deep, you learn, okay, well, where, what if you were broadcasting from Oregon, but your data was being stored in, I don't know, Detroit? Well, you might not care about that. But what if your data was all being filtered through China? And it's not, we're not, what happened was, we're not asking anyone to believe us. Um, we took it directly. That was on a Friday after Friday night. My guys invited me to Dallas um, on a Friday night. Um, we went and met at a hotel room, towels under the doors. You know, we were really? all, it, it was pretty weird. <laughs> wow. I mean, it was like some kind of a James Bond kind of thing or some sort of weirdness like that. And, and they proceeded to show me everything. They showed me the database. They showed me where it lived. It, it lives on the main, the main um, uh, backbone uh, the uh, Unicom backbone in China, which is the main internet uh, in China. Of all the poll workers, is that what you're saying? Of all everything, the... everything, and they have they have software that counts that count that does fast count ballot counting. They have software. All of this is done in China. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button to become a partner today. Who gave all China this. all of this information? I mean, how did this even happen? There's a company in the there's a company in the U.S. based outside of what just outside of Lansing, Michigan, and actually they own, they operated an office in Lansing, um, run by a former Chinese national, and all of his programmers are Chinese, and um, and they basically pulled this off on the United States, and um, they've uh, they've done military ballots, they've done they have they have uh, online voting systems that they've created. And these were all created by Chinese programmers. And it's a big deal. It was such a big deal. That Friday night, uh, I left Dallas and I drove to Catherine's. I left about four in the morning um, after sitting there looking at this for four or five hours. My analysts are the best analysts in the country, in the, in the world maybe. And and when we were done, I, I not just knew it was true, but they weren't asking me to believe, oh, Greg, believe that this is some satellite changing numbers or whatever. This wasn't that. All they were saying was, this software that runs in, in by their own admission in thousands of counties nationwide is based in China, in Wuhan, China. And and that's all that that's all they were really telling me. And and so it was so significant to me from a national security perspective. We immediately made a complaint to the DNI. Um, we on Monday we we contacted some of people we know at the FBI, and we made official and formal complaint to the FBI. That was in January of 2021. By April of 2022, 15 months later, we had been involved in a major and mature counterintelligence operation with the FBI. It wasn't wow. just, we, we didn't just surface the data. We were part of the op. We were being read in. I traveled to meet with them multiple times um um it, it, i it, it, you just when it all comes out and it's all said and done um that the, they were part of a counterintelligence but the what the frightening thing is to me and and this is kind of the rest of the story the people we were working with at the bureau um some of them seen very senior agents that had been there for 20 plus years 
I mean, these were these were these were people we really have enormous respect for. I mean, mm -hmm. I have respect for them as law enforcement officers. I have respect for them as as people that love their country, and they're really good people. And we had all agreed early on that the thing that needed to happen is this software needed to be removed from all counties before the next election. Yeah, it had to. In April, in mid-April of this year. A couple of weeks before the movie, Catherine got a call from somebody at the bureau saying, hey, we got a problem. We took this up to um, to D.C. to kind of do some final work on it before we started making this public. And they turned it on us. They made us the target, me in particular, the target. They had been advised that. Well, uh, that came a little bit later, but 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 they said, don't tell Greg he's going to get he's going to get mad. Well, they were right. I was going to get mad. Um, but they turned this whole thing on us, Steve. And, and but this here's the key: the software is still in place. And so, and so they said, well, we'll work on it. And we'll try to figure it out. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. About a week, about a week later, um, they we we find out that that they um, they had the meeting that they were going to have, and um, and in the and as it as it began to sort of unpack. Um, the, the, I'm not even sure. Oh, my car cut off. I'm sorry. It's going to ding for a second, Steve. Okay. Um, the, they, they had basically unwound that, but they hadn't fixed it. There's still the software there. And by it's now we're there. into, by now we're into the movie. The movie was out and I get a call a few weeks after the, remember, we had all manner of things happening, right? And I'm still, I'm still on my listen to God, mm -hmm. you know, my kick. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm still good. listening. I get a call from a senior agent at the FBI, and he says, "Listen, we've received a report that you stole, meaning me, Greg, stole three servers from the Unicom backbone in China." What? My first answer was, and I'm a tech guy, so my first thing was, but wait a minute, that's not how the internet works. <laughs> I mean, you can't steal the internet, man. That's not the way it works. It's not. That's not the game. And uh, I said, but nevertheless, I stole nothing. And 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 in fact, what we did have, we turned over to them, to the FBI. So they, if, if somebody has something stolen, they have something stolen and, huh. and it's crazy. And, 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 and the, anyway, they left it and I'm like, that's not true. And he's like, I mean, he was threatening me. I took it as an absolute threat. Well, is it, can it maybe, maybe I'm stating the obvious, but are we just looking at absolute corruption at the top? He's turning it on you because he's turning it on you. Not because he really believes it because he he's trying to stop your work. That's the only I, right. I, I don't know if it was him because I know him. Okay, but it was certainly someone above him. What we're now okay. calling, referring to as political law enforcement. Okay, these 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 political law enforcement people that make their way to the top of the bureau or the top of a you know a state organization or whatever, just political animals, and they just don't they don't care about America. They don't care about anything. They care about them, and they care about their career, and that's all they care about. But he flat out threatened me, and what the weirdest thing of all, Stephen, when I knew that this was just completely 
Satan induced. Yeah. 100%. He threatens me. We go through a 15 minute, pretty heated conversation. You might imagine. I don't, I don't take many things laying down like that, especially a threat. Yeah. And, and then he says, okay, well, you know, those guys that you've been working with in Detroit, I said, yeah. He's like, well, they still want, they still want to get with you and work with you. What? What? I'm like, okay. Now I haven't heard from him since, but, but it, you can't, it doesn't even make sense. And and so I called Catherine and I was, I was, I was on the road and I called Catherine and I said, look, all we can do right now is just pray. Um, You know, we, we, armored up we 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 uh we brought some new lawyers and brought some new folks in uh, just in case something happens and so on and so forth so and people have been banging on me a little bit about that open ink thing and why we haven't been able to get that up well the reason we haven't been able to get it up and running is um is the bad guys keep taking it down every time we put it up they take it down but there's a reason for that the reason is they have no idea what we have and they have no oh, really? idea what's it, what's in these what's in our records. And when it all comes out and it's all said and done, and we dump all of it, we call the, the this Chinese thing a Tiger Project. When we dump the Tiger Project out into the world, and and there are already 180 people that have it, and they're doing some amazing work. You can go in and read uh, on through social some of the work that's being done by some of the folks that already have some of the info. But that's just a smidgen of info. We have so wow. much more. And uh, and when it all comes out, it's going to it's going to devastate the left. And that's what they're doing. They're trying to stop it before the election. That, when you say when it comes out, you're talking about the movie that they keep shutting down that one. The the really the date, let's call it the database. It's much okay. more than that because it's much bigger than that. But we're yeah. going to release all of our research. We're going to release all of our data. Um, we still haven't figured out exactly how to release all the video in part because the video is pretty worthless. I mean, there's mm. some, there's some good video, but, but the people will see when it comes out, they'll be like, what in the world? This is terrible. And, and they're right. It's terrible. And the re- reason we're going to push it out there is to let people know that only a fraction of the counties had video surveillance video on their drop boxes at all. And the ones that did, it was terrible. So we have a few good Dropbox videos, but you know, out of the four or five million minutes of video we have, I'd say probably, you know, ten thousand of it's worth watching, and the rest okay. of it's just just junk. But oh, anyway, oh. we're 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 blowing and going, and everything's great, and um, and we're, well, how, we're I was gonna say, so Greg, how how can people? Uh, I, I'm I want to watch this movie that you're trying to get out. What do people do to to try and find it? Do they go to let's, your submate website or what? What do we do? Yeah, there? let's. We haven't decided yet. Um, okay. I think what we're going to do is we're going to send out. We've got about twenty-five thousand people that have signed up for Open Dot Inc., okay. uh, which is the kind of the research database. Okay. And I think what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to seed this out there. We're going to do some drops. We're going to mark the data. Um, the and we're going to watch who's attacking it. Okay. Um, and then we're going to we'll make some decisions once we get that done. But the, the bottom line is with the Fusion Center in place, um, some of Catherine's projects in place with ProtectAmerica.Vote in place. Uh, and there are lots of other people out there that are doing some amazing things. Uh, I spoke with General Flynn last week. They're doing some amazing things with their own Fusion Center in Florida. Different people are doing different things. And, and um, you know, and, and, and it's hard because everybody wants it. it Everybody wants it to be, if you're not with me, you're against me. 
And that's not quite the way this is going to work. I mean, you know, if people, we don't have that many people on our side that we can do it exactly like that. But we have some really great people that are stepping up and really doing some amazing research. And while, you know, they're probably not going to go to church with me um, and, you know, they won't be in these prayer groups and, and, um, and, you know, probably didn't come to the pit. And when we did, when we did pray at the pit, they probably weren't in the prayer circle, but, but, but they're important to the process. And it's important that, that we, we, you know, keep some of our own emotions out of the way. And I always tell everybody, look, the, my true North is freedom in this case. And, and if, and if you're, and if, if anyone's willing to fight for freedom and, and oh, yeah, there's, there's that thing where Jesus, Jesus said, wiser are those in the world than those are the kingdom. So, so, so there's some wise people who are very sh- shrewd in a good way. You know, they're shrewd right. in a good way. You know, and right. good investigators, good detectives, good, you know, law enforcement. So, well, I know you had a limit on your time, so I want to respect that. Tell people... Uh, Greg, how, about Patriot Games that you're now doing, what is that and how can they watch it? Patriot Games is a method of dissemination, going back to what we were just talking about. Okay. Uh, what I wanted it to be was not just a regular podcast, because I think there are some amazing, like you and others that are just doing amazing work. Um, but what we wanted it to be was more of a, think of it as sort of a reality podcast. Okay. So we're going to bring people into our Fusion Center and let them listen to what we're doing, let them listen to the to the briefings that I get. Uh, we're going to take on some, wow. you know, some interesting projects and let people help us do the research. And and um, and we haven't quite, you know, mastered it all yet. We're a little bit new with some of it um, yeah. and trying to find our way. But these first seven or eight episodes are in the can, and and uh, we're we we've launched our first game, which is going to be. Um, there were some when Charlie Kirk and Turning Point USA had an event yeah. down in Tampa. Uh, there were a bunch of uh, uh, pro de- or uh, I can't say pro death anymore. Pro abortion um, haters showed up uh, on the street corner when there was some pushing and shoving. But once they left, like coming from the same direction, these guys like dressed up like Nazis in all black with black masks and and these these neatly folded or unfolded newly unfolded flags with Nazi signals on them and stuff showed up at at Charlie's event. And Charlie rightfully sent a bunch of his people out there and said, no, you're not part of this thing. Why are you even here? Well, you know, they had all sorts of reasons. We we are going to take that on as a Patriot game. And we've already been, I've sent some people down there to get the geo coordinates. Uh, we're looking into it right now. We're going to track these guys down and figure out who these Nazi type oh, people wow. were. So that's you take yeah. on a real life situation. Yep. And then you go, uh, my language is you investigate the he- heck out of it. And using all your secret resources and some not so secret and all of right. that, and find out who they are, and bring and bring people in with us that are that are watching the show to to get the pre briefings. In fact, Charlie's uh, is I think we called it the first game or something like that. The first it was one of the episodes that just put up there, and uh, they get to go in and look at it, and we'll update it and. Um, uh, we've already got some new things to learn. The second one we're doing, we're going to launch probably next week, and it's about the January 5th pipe bombers. Oh, we're wow. T- so you're going to yes. find out who, who he is? Who he is. I love okay. that. And, and you're doing part of Patriot Games. And then do you reveal it? Will you reveal it on on the show? Or 
Yeah, I think uh, I think our plan is to actually do that, or at least reveal wow. uh, the, what what we learn out of it, and and it's going to be fun. I mean, we're excited about it, and and again, we're just learning. I mean, we're just a bunch of we're just a bunch of people that that are researchers. All of a sudden, we're we're in the dissemination business. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm stunned that you got that name, PatriotGames.com. I would have thought that would have been really hard to get. It but, was. Uh, you know, maybe you paid a pretty penny for it, but it would have been worth yeah. it because it's a great name. So, well, well we're right. excited about it. We hope to learn more about it. And and if I could just say one more thing, yeah, Steve, go ahead, about, go about ahead. the pit. Um, I know we're running up on your time now, yeah. but the pit. Everything you just heard me say about the pit was not the most important thing that happened at the pit. The pit okay. brought together. Um, I can't say there were 183, just just born again Christians there, but there was, there was praying. We, we brought in intercessors, people that wow. came in and prayed the day before the morning Amazing. of afterwards, during, um, we, there were, there were, uh, people laying hands on me, um, uh, the night before, um, uh, just, I mean, we had a prayer circle with everybody at the main event. Then that the, the second night after, after the event, we had sort of an, after the event of, uh, kind of a party thing and um, people were praying that were, were in circles praying and sitting at tables with their arms around each other praying. <laughs> wow. um, we had one guy who couldn't, couldn't lift his arm. He had been injured and couldn't lift his arm up over his head and uh, they put their hands on him. And he, he, there's a picture of him on true social with his arms over his head. And, and it's just, I mean, it, it's so amazing that all these things were happening and uh, Catherine calls them the miracles of the pit. I think they're trying to put together some of the stories and, That's amazing. and we'll probably be publishing some of that soon. But I just wanted everyone to know that, that God, God was there. God was in this room. God was with us. He guided us. He helped us. He protected us. Um, and, and the night of the final event, while people were literally inside praying, the uh, hotel staff where this event was being held, the, the head of, head of um, like catering or something with her private security team came up and basically tried to disarm us. Um, uh, we refused, of course, and, and um, ended up, they called the police. To have well, and you had your own security, right? So they're trying to disarm your security and even you, huh? Did we lose you? Uh, I'm not hearing the sound. So we'll see if he comes back. I don't know if he he might have left because it was time. So we'll let, kind of let me know as soon as you can. I will riff. I will stall. I will punt. I, <laughs> anyway, this is amazing stuff. Yeah, even before the, the show, I was visiting with um, Greg, and he began to talk about all these things. Um, it says he's calling, but he may be done. So if he doesn't come back in, in about a minute or less, we'll just go ahead and go because he he would know how to get right back on. He's pretty techy. So uh, anyway, we were talking with Greg uh, just before the event, uh, before the show today, and he was talking about all this, people laying hands on, on everyone and praying. So he was very, very proud of that in a very good way. I mean, in a, in, in a humble way, he's very uh, proud of the people that they would be willing to pray and all that. And he was talking right there when he got me. There he hey, is. Hey, hey. So, I, I, yeah, we I saw your, th your thing went on mute all of a sudden. Our, our thing I said have it no was idea muted. what happened. Well, that's so happening anyway, one other time. Go ahead. Anyway, I, I don't know if it's still recording, but. but yeah, um, yeah, go for it. But but they wanted to disarm us. Um, and in the event itself, 
sort of broke up in prayer and they ended up wanting they they couldn't disarm me so the the cops made me leave said the lady said i was trespassing i said well you're gonna make anybody else leave she said no just the guy with the beard and i made a pretty sharp remark to her so if any of your listeners see me on video i apologize to everybody for it's not safe for work um and um and but but as i was as i was walking off i turned around i was looking for the rest of the folks that had had come over the hotel was just a few blocks from where we were staying and I turned around, and there were three groups. I have this this vision of three groups of people just standing there, again, with their arms around each other, praying. And, and it was the most incredible spiritual event for me since uh, since I was in Spain and, and, you know, I did it all by myself. And, like, you know, this this had nothing and to if do I, with as elections. I'm hearing, this had yeah, everything to do with this. If I'm hearing you right, it was kind of impromptu. You didn't pre, you didn't tell everyone let's all stand around and put our arms nope. around. It just happened. God was it doing all. You know that shows, of course, the power of all the intercessors that came in the day before and the day Indeed. of. I mean, that stuff carries a whole lot of uh, power with God. And you know, you can imagine if our eyes were open, we would have seen the angels gathered around. I'm sure. So, amen. So. Well, you walk an interesting uh, life because you had to once in a while you have to get brusque with somebody. <laughs> I know that's yeah. you know we are we we are followers of Christ, but we live in a real world, and sometimes we say things. But I I hear you, bro. You know <laughs> you're a real dude, and and uh, we love the Lord. You know so. Right. Well, Greg, awesome. Is there anything else you want to share with us about how no, to get sir. a hold of you? Okay, we got Patriot Games. So go, patriotgames.com. Go TrueTheVote.org and uh, ProtectAmerica.vote. I think any one of those would be great. Join us. Um, you know, I, I just I, I feel I feel um, like we're heading to a monumental um, event coming up here in a few months at the election. I think we're 77 yeah. days away right now, and yeah. um, it's happening soon. We're 51 days away from early voting in a few states. And and one last thing, let me ask you this uh, from a um, Data point of view, is it true that if we all vote, we can overwhelm any of their yes. system to cheat? So yes. that's why everyone must vote. Yes. You don't, in other words, instead of saying, why should I vote? They'll cheat. It's we need to vote because they're going to try and cheat. That's exactly right. And we proved in Arizona that if, if we just overwhelm them, whatever the rules are, follow them. Right. I mean, don't, you know, don't, don't. You know, if you don't feel like voting early, don't vote early. If you want to vote on election day, vote on election day. But one of the things that we learned in Arizona is they're using that early vote because they knew that patriots weren't going to get out and vote. So they were using that to manipulate some numbers. Um, and so what we've what we've really come across now, whatever the election, whatever the election rules are in your state, f follow those rules, obviously, down to the letter of the letter of what it says you can do. But vote vote it doesn't matter whether you vote early doesn't matter whether you vote late we can overwhelm them they have no ability to deal with early voting that overwhelms them they can't do their whole really? scheme is set up so that they can know what's happening on election day and if you overwhelm them in the advance of election day they can't deal with it we proved it in arizona we've got contingency plans for every single state if something starts to go wrong um, i would just encourage everyone as you said steve just vote Get That's your neighbor good. to vote. Get your mom to vote. Get your dad, you know, get your dad, get your brother, your sister, everybody out to vote. We have to overwhelm them. They can't deal with it. They just don't have the capacity to do it. 
So good. Now, that's just crucial, crucial, crucial. So thank you for that. But that was even that was worth the, the whole show to to get that in because people forget and and they haven't they maybe haven't been tuning in to hearing us say we've got to overwhelm the system. I know Trump's been saying that a long a long time or words to that effect. So yes. thank you so much, Greg. I appreciate it. It was very very good. Thank you for your heart for the Lord and for the God's people and for this nation. Thank you. Please give our uh, our honor and love to Catherine Engelbrecht. Well, I'm going to have to invite her on the show, uh, get to invite her, I should say, and and hear her her uh, story as well. It's going to be amazing. She's an, ama- she's an amazing lady, and uh, me and everyone else I know will tune in for that. So thank awesome. you again, Steve, for having awesome. me. I'm so, so grateful. All right. Well, thank you very much. Have a great day. And quick, uh, quick reminder, everybody, that Cat Kerr is also tomorrow at the normal time. So we will see you all later. God bless. See you later. Bye-bye. Thank you. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on YouTube, Rumble, and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description to become a partner today.